a wild category, everybody. Honestly, Bad Cinderella as a bachelorette party, that's kind of, that's camp. Sorry, Michael Arden, but that's a bad move. Everything else, nailed it. Hold her on to the end. Hold on till the end. Put a pin in that. But like, how was that nominated? Worst book of a musical. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome back to After Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, it's time for the 2023 Tony nominations. It is May 2nd. It is Tony nomination day when we're recording this episode. As usual, we are in our pajamas, although they're not really pajama, but like merch <laughs> is important. And also, we are cheersing the 2023 Tony nominees. Can't believe we're here. <laughs> Another year. Another, Another year. year. We're back. So we're cheers. still. We're thriving. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this year, kind of like special for me because I just got back from New York yesterday and got to see five new musicals. Now, not all of them nominated, talking no. about you, Bad Cinderella, <laughs> but um, I feel like I have almost like differing thoughts than I have in past years because I've seen some of these performances that have been nominated or haven't been nominated and I feel like should have been nominated very, very, very recently. Um sure. So instead of doing, like, a normal, like, New York recap, I will give my thoughts when, like, nominations come up. Um, because we haven't even really talked no. a lot about any of these shows at all. And then I think maybe I'll give a ranking at the, at the end. end. What um, did you see? Tell us what you saw to, to okay, preface this. So to preface, I also will preface, I won three lotteries. Like, I... And didn't your brothers win lotteries? Yeah, we've all, we, they won, they both won Kimberly and Kimbo, which was the first show we saw. And I also won Life of Pi that, that day. And we didn't go to Life of Pi because they both won Kimberly and Kimbo. And it was easier to get rid of, well, turns out not as easy to get rid of a fourth ticket as it would be to like buy a single ticket, but everything worked out. Um, so that was the first lottery. Um, and that one was through Telecharge. And I will say for anyone that's listening to this and entering Telecharge lotteries, if you don't win, they do offer at like the bottom, like a discount to buy Kimberly Kimbo tickets for $58. So either way, kind of a good deal. And that's with fees included. So that's pretty good. That's um, good. these were $45 lottery tickets. And where were they? Where were they in the theater? Second row dead center. We're really? two tickets. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, and then uh, the third or the other two lottery seats were also second row, but on the left side um, on the aisle, which like my brother Corey was thrilled about because no one was in front of him and he had all the legroom you ever wanted. Sure. So um, is it a little too close for that show? Maybe because of the skating that happens. But other than that... So you're not, um, you're not seeing their feet, are you? Well, the entire time... We're just going to get into this right now. But, like, th there's a, a portion of the plot is that, like, um, Seth Wiedis, um, played by Justin Cooley, we will talk about you, Justin <laughs> Cooley, um, is, like, a... I, th I don't know if he... He works at the skating rink, and then all of the kids, plus, like, Kimberly, like, come to skate. Um, and that's kind of the opening number. And then the act one closer, they actually for real skate. But because we were close... I imagine it was Teflon, but my brother Tyler was like, they're moving too fast for this to be Teflon. So, like, we don't actually know it's what was on the Frank stage. It's Frank Ocean at Coachella, you know, a little bit. 
or not giving Frank Ocean a or, or not giving. Yes, exactly. Um, so still to be determined. If anyone has sat like ten or fifteen rows back and you can see what's on the or like stage, like the let me know. Like who's in the mezzanine? That's probably the best. Like, because there's a part of me that's like I. There are obviously like trap doors because other things come up and down. So I'm like, are they bringing up ice? Like I don't know. I have so many questions. Sure. But they're they're yeah. whipping around pretty fast, which is why we were like, this isn't Teflon. I've seen people it's, skate on Teflon before, and it's not that fast. Okay, um, bring so us yeah, through. So bring that was through. Thursday. That was Thursday. And then Friday, we saw Parade. Um, whatever goes into the Jacobs next, like, Steph, we can't see it, because I've been there three times in the last year. <laughs> like, I need to move on from that theater. Um, we'll talk about Parade later. And then on Sunday, sorry, Saturday, um, I won the Shucked Lottery, and we bought... One additional ticket for Shucked. All three seats in the orchestra. The Shucked lottery seats, I think it depends, but I want to say they're like mid to rear orchestra side. But they're not obstructed because a lot of stuff happens in the center. Um, The only thing you're missing is like a couple entrances here or there, but they all end up in the middle anyway, so it doesn't matter. And that's the cost of a lottery ticket. That's, you know. Exactly. Um, And then Saturday night at about... 6 p.m. before an 8 p.m. curtain, I went on to Telecharge Rush tickets, and they still had tickets for Bad Cinderella, and I got a... I am bad Cinderella. (laughs) And I got a $30 um, Rush ticket, first row mezzanine. I've never been in the Imperial, but, like, what an amazing seat. I would pay... Imperial's a beautiful theater. huge like really big i was surprised but that seat like the sight lines were amazing it actually the mezzanine overhang must be quite close to the stage because i felt close like to the actors um i don't even know and i'm gonna have the opportunity to talk about bad cinderella maybe when i'm ranking all of these because i have like so much to say but also nothing to say (laughs) at the exact same time shout out to the four women sitting in the box to my right who i believe might have been at like a bachelorette party and like that is the way to go that's honestly bad cinderella as a bachelorette party that's they were cat calling and i wanted to sit that's with camp. them <laughs> so that was saturday and then sunday um i found out on friday that i had won the lucky seat new york new york um lottery those seats um were also mid to rear side orchestra like two seats Four seats in from the aisle. But again, like, great view, except for, like, a couple things on the right side, which they weirdly spent a lot of time on the right side. A lot of, like, entrances. Um, Emily Skinner, who I, like, forgot was in this show, and also, like, she's kind of irrelevant to the show. Um, A lot of her stuff happens on the right side. So to keep in mind. But someone also said, I was reading the boards. um, Someone said that a lot of the uh, New York, New York tickets in the last, like, couple weeks. Also, this was, like, three days after opening. They opened on the 26th, and I saw it, like, Three days later. Um, I was really hoping that Vanessa Sears was going to be in, but I feel like there's that before and after Tony, um, before and after opening, you have to be in a certain number of performances to be considered I feel eligible. Like when when did voting end? Because... The 27th was the cutoff. Because okay. so, sometimes right after voting, they, they kind of all take a break. But... It was also like their first five show weekend. Sure. So I think they wanted to like just everyone got through it. I will say... What a great time to go right before Tony's because not a single person was out the entire time I was there. So true. This like Maybe next, like one kind of ensemble member, but like no one else was really out, sure. which was like very exciting. Um, although again, I would have loved to see Vanessa like lead that. Um, 
But yeah, I had read that people had said that the lottery seats are sometimes um, unsold premium seats. So you could get lucky and end up like in the center. Yeah. But it all wow. just depends. Fantastic. But I have always been an advocate for the lottery, but now more than ever, enter them all because there's a chance you're going to win. Don't just enter like one a day. Enter them all. And then sure. when you win, you can start eliminating the shows that you've already seen. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the trip. I'll get into it as we go through nominations. Um, but as I said, we are recording. Yes. On top of that, sorry, you just saw that this weekend, but on top of that, I want to say of the, this season's shows, we've also seen Into the Woods and Anne Juliet. So that's kind yes. of what, where we're working from. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> the boy band, <laughs> but like, that's where we're working from. That's our knowledge base of what we've seen things from this season. We have, oh, and you saw Almost Famous. Wow. Can't, can't believe, can't believe we have a nomination for Almost Famous. Um, it's Almost Famous. From this, but from this season. So you've seen eight yeah. shows of this season. Look at me Which is go. quite a lot. Which is quite a lot. And I think um, that's probably all I'll see unless we end up seeing a couple things in November. Which, because before we actually jump into the Tonys, I feel like we haven't talked about like anything oh, for real, no. for real. But like, we got tickets to Merrily, everybody. Merrily in November. <laughs> Run in Merrily in November. We also on that list, I think we really want to see Here Lies Love. Which, um, yeah. shout out to... It, What's his last name? Jay from Moulin Rouge. He's from Toronto. Jay Mandus is he? In? Yes, is, he in is announced in the cast today. Oh, so. I didn't see that. That's so exciting. I think it's um, a full. It's a full Asian cast, but um, very, very exciting. Another Torontonian coming to back to stage. You know, I love Conor Rigamora. You know, I'm here for him every every performance he's done. So, um, I'm and for who that. else? Well, Ariel Jacobs is leading, and then I think Leah Salonga is doing like a select number of performances. Sure. Um, I don't know when. So that's definitely also on our list if it makes it to November. Back to um, the future. This is this is stuff like come opening this summer. I know Who knows scary. what's going to be happening in November? Do you do, did you know? And I found out this information this weekend that Once Upon a One More Time opens in two weeks. No, I didn't know that. I like, didn't know opens that. Opens or starts previews. Starts previews, starts previews May thirteenth. No. No. That's so why, early. Why so early? I also would like to point out when I was there, first preview of Grey House, the horror play starring Laurie right. Metcalf sure. and uh, Tatiana Maslany. First preview was April 29th. So they have to wait a full year now. They missed the cutoff by two days. Good luck. I read the boards because I was like, how jumpy is this and apparently there's it's pretty jumpy which is That's, kind of exciting it's not for me it's not, not for me either but exciting for some people i guess it's not um but yeah we're going to see merrily november but also this has nothing to do with this episode, but like because this Go is on. our most recent episode that's not a pre-record, we have to talk about the Wicked movie. Sorry, sorry, that's for later. That's for later. Oh, are you? Is this an obsession? <laughs> that's for later. Okay. Okay, we'll save it. Hold her on to the end. Hold on <laughs> till the end. Put a pin in that. I've been waiting in, in for weeks to talk about this. Put a pin in the Wicked movie. We will okay, discuss great. the Wicked movie. We'll come back around. Um, okay. We'll come back around to the Wicked movie. Then let's talk about the Tony nominations. We don't have the kind of time to get into it right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, where do you want to start? Um, let's Actually, I feel like with... we should start with a congratulations to you on your nominations <laughs> being basically correct. Congratulations to me. Let's start with... I think we I think we have the same. Let's start with the best original musical. Mm-hmm. Um, best new musical. Um, I think we both had the same five. Um, so the nominees for best original musical are Kimberly Akimbo, Anne Juliet, Some Like It Hot, Shucked, and New York, New York. And that's what that's what I predicted. That's what you predicted. We yeah. nailed that. 
And yes. that makes sense. That wasn't that difficult. It does make sense. Um, also, of the five, I have now seen four. Um, the only one that I have not seen is Some Like It Hot, which was the darling of the Tony nominations, 13. Um, Crazy. There's a lot of discourse online right now about this show. It's also something that we've talked about, I think, for the last like year, year and a half of, do we really need to celebrate a man in a dress musical? And do we I need guess to keep the, telling that story over and over again? And I guess the Tony voters said, yeah, we do. <laughs> I sent you a message earlier, and I think it bears repeating. I don't think many Tony voters are thinking that deeply about it. No. Or thinking that hard about it. I think um, it has the benefit of being based on a movie, Mm -hmm. um, a beloved movie. Mm -hmm. So people know the movie. They see the musical. They have a wonderful time. Shaman and Whitman know how to write a score. Casey Nicola knows how to direct a show. It's. I'm sure, we haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's an absolute blast from beginning to end. And so you're probably left feeling quite joyous and happy. Yeah. But yeah, it is interesting. And there's been a lot of people saying it's irresponsible to keep I do want to perpetuating quote. Yeah, I sent you this morning. Yeah, Um, this was uh, a quote from L. Morgan Lee. Um, This was back in rehearsal process, which like that show opened in the fall. So I want to say this was probably like summer or like mm-hmm. end of summer. Um, and she said, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. After all, most cis people don't get it. Tony nominated transgender actress Al Morgan Lee, a strange loop, was invited to address rehearsal of Some Like It Hot back in March. So a year ago. Wow. wow. Um, and later told the New York Times, I remember sitting there thinking they're going to get celebrated for this when what's happening here is actually really irresponsible. I, this is really maybe not the place to get into this, but, and I'm about to like, um, talk about a, a, dis- a documentary I haven't seen. There's a documentary on Netflix called Disclosure, which is about um, trans representation in media. And I have to confess, I have not seen it. Um, is but Alexander Billings in this? Possibly. Because if she is, I think I have seen a portion of it, but I have also not seen the full thing. Really, really, definitely, absolutely should watch. Need to get around to it. But um, from what I understand, kind of the thesis statement... Or not the statement, but something that they talk about in this documentary is the continual portrayal of cis men mm-hmm. in media portraying trans characters or portraying characters who dress up as women perpetuates the belief of people who don't know as much about trans people that a trans woman is just a man dressing up as a woman, whereas we know... And other people know that it's so much more complex and so much more in in depth than that. And so by the media continually, you know, they talk about like Eddie Redmayne being nominated for an Oscar for The Danish Girl. And Jared Leto winning for Dallas Buyers Club. Club. Exactly. And so you see these famous men who you know portraying these trans characters. Mm -hmm. um, And then when they're accepting the awards, they're presenting as men because that is what they are. Mm-hmm. And that is who they are, and they should not present as anything else. But it just it reinforces the idea that so many people have that a trans woman is just a man in a dress. And I think a musical like this, like Some Like It Hot, um, something like Tootsie, which is not even about a trans woman, or like Mrs. Doubtfire, which reduce, these shows reduce a man in a dress to a joke, to a gag, to a gotcha moment. It, like, yes. It's part of the same. However, Jay right. Harrison Gee is non-binary. So Absolutely. that adds Absolutely. a different element to this mix than like 
Santino Fontaine uh, right. winning or Christi- for Tootsie. Christian Borle in the exact same show. Yes. As his co-star, as, as their co-star. So I, I know there's also been a lot of talk about non-gendered categories. Ever, all five other awards, uh, theater awards, except for the Tony Awards, went genderless um, this right. year. So I just, like, it will eliminate we, people. We, like, that's we, all there is to it. Yeah, we have this issue this year with Jay Harrison Gee, with Alex Newell. Alex Newell. With um, Justin David Sullivan, who withdrew themselves from consideration altogether because they did not feel that any of the categories fit mm-hmm. who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there will be more, hopefully. Mm-hmm. People. Um, it's a bigger conversation that needs to be had, sure. like, going forward is really what it is. But again, like, I don't know. I I have not seen Some Like It Hot. I know that the book was um, rewritten a bit from the movie. So... Mm-hmm. They were also nominated for best book, right? Like, yeah. I, I know I don't know one. either. I didn't write that one down either. Um, but it's interesting, and I think it will be a conversation until June eleventh at the Tony Awards because it's going to be a lot of like defending themselves. I feel. Well, but I do think at the same time um, they were. It's Matthew Lopez and Amber Ruffin who are two people who I really, really like. Um, to be honest. Um, Matthew we are also Lopez. not like the people that should be commenting on this. Obviously, Absolutely. but one we haven't seen the seen the play, and two like we are cis women, you know. So we are not but, the target to have this like larger conversation. No. But it is a conversation. Yeah, it's something to like bring up and to like just keep in mind. Um, but it yeah, doesn't I'm like a- affect us personally. Absolutely, so absolutely. I will not pretend to like put myself in someone else's shoes. No, for sure. That's why sometimes it's hard to yes. Um, we always talk about who are the people who should be telling these stories? Who are the people who should be having these conversations? And the answer is not us. But then at the same time, when you put your voice out there, do you have some sort of responsibility to bring attention to or to try and discuss yeah. Yeah. Um, these things? Where was I going with this? Um, I am a fan of both Matthew Lopez and Amber Ruffin. What did Matthew Lopez write? Inheritance? Oh, Inheritance. Remember which that? like which did you not recently say that you would never see? Sorry, I can't. <laughs> so I did. It's coming to Toronto. or doing. There's a production that's happening in Toronto uh, this fall. Um, but it's just... You can't wrong. praise Matthew Lopez and then slander I, your show. <laughs> here, let, let's talk about Matthew Lopez for a second. I am a huge fan of the um, romance novel Red, White, and Royal Blue. Oh, and I know. Lopez. There was a poster <laughs> that came out the other day. <laughs> I know. Matthew Lopez directed this movie. Um, wow. It's coming out. So, and, and I love, like, he's a queer writer, a queer director. And so, and Amber Ruffin also, I believe, is a queer writer. Um... So, and also we support the wider strike that's happening right now. Oh, yeah. We support the writers. Um, But also, like, talk about that. To to talk about that for a second, the Writers um, Guild of America went on strike again. We are recording on May 2nd, this morning at midnight. Um, As of this morning, all late night shows are like halted James Corden was probably like guys I got out on Thursday (laughs) (laughs) um but they're halted right now I believe like SNL will also be halted like this weekend and going forward um and this could affect the Tony Awards ceremony um because the last time this happened was in 2007 and the Golden Globes kind of like ran over that time they never Mm -hmm. happened it was just a press release so now people have been saying that like if Ariana DeBose wants to write her own opening monologue, which she's back hosting again. Um, 
She didn't I don't know how I feel about it. She, I, I don't love her as a host. Um, I, didn't, but, I didn't like the Tonys last year. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think she's... I don't love her as a host. But Angela Bassett did the thing is maybe the most iconic piece of media to come out last year. I also don't think we talked about that on this podcast because it was like too late. It, it, didn't, it didn't work out. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. Um, that's the thing. She's not part of the Writers Guild. Um, but is it crossing a picket line to write your own? No, I thing? know. There's so many questions here. So um, that's sometimes that. I have I have read that there's potential for a special dispensation because the Writers Guild is not involved in Broadway, so it might not be seen as crossing a picket line to have special dispensation to, for people to write for that award show. Yeah. But we'll just have to see what happens. The other thing too that would be interrupted if the show did go on was that um, there wouldn't be any like banter between presenters. It would literally just be like. Award category award winner. Award category right. like win- like that's it. That would be the entire show. Which honestly, right. fine with me. Sometimes, give us some performances too. But like, fine with me. Sometimes <laughs> you're like, get it, get it, move on. Let's move okay. on. Yeah. Um, I forget. Do we like we're talk talking about, about Lopez? We're talking about Amber Ruffin. No, 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 not um, that. Oh. Also, speaking of Lopez, Bobby Lopez was in my shucked audience. Important oh. to announce. That's important to announce. <laughs> um, do we? I can't remember what we've done on previous episodes, but do we continue to talk about like our winners? Do we choose a new winner? Yes. Like, what do we, we do? Pick. Okay, great. We got to pick. Um, um, okay, so of the five, again, I said I saw four. Um, my winner stays the same, and I feel like here is where I will talk about Kimberly Akimbo. Okay, I I think I'm gonna agree with you and go with Kimberly Akimbo. I think the dark horse here, in my opinion, is Anne Juliet. Oh, I was gonna I say shucked. I, I was going to say shucked, but I, I think the dark horse is Angelia. And I feel that. But I do think Kimberly Kimbo is still going to win. Okay. So People I start- just love Angelia. People just have a good time. People love it, but do voters love it? When was the last time a jukebox musical won anything? Beautiful. Oh, God. You that too. <laughs> which is very different. Which is very different kind of jukebox musical. I will um, say they're selling really well. Like, Angelia is selling really well. Like, StubHub is offering tickets, like, day of performances for, like, $400 a ticket. So they are doing fine. They're nailing it. They're nailing yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk about Kimberly Akimbo. Tell me what you thought. This was, hands down, the best show I've seen in a long time. Wow. It was better than so, Alice. Better than oh. Alice. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> I think I was better than Alice. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, okay. You Go know on. a show is good when, like, one, you're sitting beside one brother that, well, now sees a lot of shows because he's forced to, um, <laughs> really enjoyed it at intermission, and the other brother who's sitting, like, six seats away from you gives you a double thumbs up at intermission. <laughs> like, that's when you know that you're at a good show. That is good. That is um, good. The the thing about this show is that, like, the book is so strong. It's, like, such a strong book that, like, it doesn't even matter if the songs weren't good because the book is so strong. I feel very strongly that this should be turned into an independent movie. Like, it is such an amazing storyline. The cast is stellar. Um, I have thoughts on the featured actress category. I love you, Bonnie Milligan, but I have thoughts on the featured actress category. Um, we'll but, like, top to bottom, this was so good i think act one was like a little stronger than act two which is kind of rare but also like for the oh, last really? yeah. i think act two is always stronger than act one i love act one i, I think act ones are sorry i think act one are usually up. stronger than act two oh. in my opinion i think it sometimes depends and I, maybe that will change when i talk about another show that i saw um but uh, for the this last is f- a side tangent but i feel like act one 
you get to like know the characters and know the, the world. And then act two, you're always like, there's so long, the pacing is always off because they're trying to resolve the story. That's how yeah. I always find. So anyway, the like the loose, loose plot of Kimberly Kimbo is that Kimberly has, I believe, they don't disclose it, but I'm pretty sure it's progeria, which is the um, disease. It's extremely, extremely rare, but real life, um, that your body ages four to five times your age. So yeah. she is 16 years old, but is obviously played by Victoria Clark, who is in her 60s. Um, and Vicky Clark giving her best, like, teenager. Um, the o- My literal, like, only critique about this, and it's very, like, nitpicky of me, is that they felt a little too young. Um, okay. Which I think is obviously, like, a fine line when you have adults playing adults and adults also playing kids. Although these kids, like, are all, like, 18 to 25, wow. I want to say. Wow. Um, so they are quite young. Um, but she is, it's her 16th birthday. And, um, with this disease, you rarely live past the age of 16. So she's kind of just like going through life. You learn about like her family life, her school life. Um, there's a bit of like a love interest there. And then you obviously have like crazy aunt body Milligan, but it's just like such a lovely story. And everyone was giving 10,000%. They, Bonnie Milligan kind of enlists her to do a con using her like the real thing is is that they're trying to so the four teens um are in a show choir and they are trying to get money for costumes because they want to beat amazing the next well it's literally new directions versus versus uh what's the other one called vocal adrenaline um that's like a side plot and then kimberly is trying to get money so that her family can go on a road trip because she's trying to like see the world before she dies um the last 20 minutes of this show me the woman in front of me the two girls behind me sobbing although tyler didn't even notice that i was crying so maybe i did <laughs> I a good like, job i was like was was tyler like up a little bit or was he stoic? no and he, he was like where and i was like this song this scene like it was just like there are so many things that could have went with this plot. They could have went like straight devastation, but they chose joy. And it's just insinuated that like she dies, obviously, but like lived a full happy life. And it was like so it was so heartwarming. It was just like full like joy on joy on joy. And I would like run to see it again. So wow. we we sold the fourth ticket at like 6.58, the person walked in at like 7. Um, and it only ended up being like $20 for us, which made our tickets be like $54 a person. I would have paid $154 to see that show. Wow. Like, it is going on tour. They just announced a national tour. So like, if you can't get to Broadway, because they're only on sale till August, and I'm not sure that they're going to go on sale past right. August, especially now that this tour was announced. So like, if it comes to a city near you, and if it comes here, like... Oh my god, gotta go! And also, they just recorded a tiny desk yesterday, so that will be out soon. Um, I'm excited for that. How how do you think this will do like regionally once it's available for license? Like, like schools? schools yeah, do this. schools or like community theaters. The or... thing is, though, like the person playing Kimberly like needs to look older because right. uh, so much of that plot line is like talking about the way that she looks. Right, right. Um, so it would be difficult if they did it like regionally, and it was like. A grade 12 and a grade 9, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? But like, let's say a community theater, you cast, you know, an yeah, older woman. I th- it's I a great it part for... I think it could work. Um, 
again, I think we'll like get to these different parts as we go into different categories, but like a great Janine Tesori score, lots of fun home in there, lots of um, Carolina change. Um, there's a like a little bit of Shrek in there, mostly fun home. There's kind of like, you okay. know that like, I can't even do it. I can't even hum it, but it's almost like a flute theme okay. that Fun Home has when they start each new song. There's kind of something mm-hmm. similar in this, and I was like, oh, picked up on that right away. Um, this is a hard cast recording listen to if you haven't seen it, I would say. Um, sure. A lot of these songs like need the context because there's quite a lot of script that goes with it because, right. again, it was a play first. So, exactly. Shout and, out to David David Lindsay Abair, who is the playwright and also wrote the book, obviously, for this musical. And he also and, did the lyrics. He did the lyrics as well, and he is a previous um, Janine Tesori collaborator. He did the mm-hmm. book for Shrek, the musical. So, what an upgrade! <laughs> but he but also like, did. He he's uh, like his probably most famous Broadway play is Rabbit Hole, which he won the Pulitzer Prize for drama for. So yeah. obviously, like the the talent is there, the ability is there. I just think if you can have like a book writer write your lyrics, like that's so important to help you tell that story in the way that you want to tell it. And again, like having it be a play first and a successful one and then transferring it to this way. Like it's one of those things that it didn't need to be a musical. Watching it, I totally could have seen it as a play, but I think the songs that they did add to it, like really added to the show. So like loved it. I would run back to see it again. Wow. Um, So exciting. Yeah. Okay, let's move on because we are taking time here. <laughs> okay. Do we want to do director next? Director? Yes. I don't really have, if we remember from our way too early, I didn't highlight anybody. I just spoke. So you have the highlights that you had. I highlighted. And I know that so- we were like kind of different. Okay. So the five nominees for best director of a musical are Jessica Stone for Kimberly Akimbo, Casey Nicola for Some Like It Hot. Jack O'Brien for Shucked, Lear DeVesanet for Into the Woods, and Michael Arden for Parade. I had predicted Jessica Stone, Casey Nicola, and Jack O'Brien, but I did not predict Lear DeVesanet or Michael Arden. You doubted Michael Arden. I did doubt Michael Arden, and how could I ever doubt Michael Arden? But Michael Arden directed (laughs) the hell out of Parade. (laughs) I think where my hesitance was was because they're encores and so they were kind of minimal staging and because of the transfer i didn't think people would recognize those productions however you know i love into the woods it is known and i do think that is extremely well directed oh yeah um, but it's very subtle yeah now subtle is never a word you would use to describe michael arden's directing and this direction was not subtle at all someone comes down from the ceiling someone is like wait someone comes down from the ceiling this is parade this is it's like this is serious this is sad well it's like a morbid comes down from the ceiling okay moment Um, oh okay he comes down from the ceiling i got it no 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 no. it's not Leo Frank does get hanged, but it's not him that comes That's down from the ceiling. Like, oh, he comes down from the ceiling. Got no. It. no okay. um, it's actually, like, I don't think it's a spoiler, but, like, also Parade's been around for it's years. Old. Let's go. Um, Tell me. The, the little girl that is, it's oh. about, like, can I give a hot take here? Give a hot take. Not that I saw the Encores production. I don't think this should have transferred. I think it should have stayed where it was. Interesting, interesting. And why do you because say Because I think that they captured magic at that Encores um, run, and I think they tried to 
create the same magic on Broadway and it's just not the same house of people that are going to see the show. It's people that are there to see Ben Platt. And another hot take, I think Ben Platt's a bad actor. (laughs) Okay. This this was a discussion. We haven't got to actor yet, so I didn't know if I should like say this, but like maybe let's save it for a second just on Michael Arden. Okay. So what happens, which I thought was like a brilliant direction choice, was like Mary Fagan is the girl that was um, sexually assaulted and killed allegedly by Leo Frank, but obviously that, I mean, the case is still open. It's been open since 2019. They're still trying to clear his name. Um, But the scene that happens is that like he works at a uh, pencil factory and she is a worker there and she goes to get her pay. And the way that they stage it the first time when they speak is that like she comes to get her money. It's um, Mm -hmm. Memorial Day. So she has a balloon. And then um, when she's leaving, she says, Mr. Frank, he says yes. And she lets the balloon go and it just goes up to the ceiling. And I was like, this Mm -hmm. is a stunning direction choice of how to kill someone off without being like too graphic. But then when they're like singing about her, she's coming down on a swing from the ceiling. And I'm like, this is a little much. This is a little much. Hmm. Um, and it happens a couple times. And the first time right. I think it was like more impactful than the second time. Cause the second time I'm just like, why are we still here? We get it. You have a swing. You can, you want to use the swing. <laughs> and then my other like biggest problem with parade, and this might be just like, I don't know if it's this production. I don't know if this is a script thing, but like the subject matter is meant to be extremely serious and devastating. And I feel like we're cracking too many jokes for that kind of subject matter i almost wish there was no comedy involved because no comedy well the tone like there is a joke that happens like two seconds before he dies and the crowd is laughing and he's being hanged so like i don't think that works but i don't know if that's like i think that is a michael arden problem actually (laughs) yeah like not balancing the tone and Again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I've never seen Parade before. I've only listened to the cast recording, so I don't know how it works in a room. But with an on-course production, um, you are basically committed to doing the book and the score exactly as it was written, and yeah. so there's not really a lot of room. It could to also move around and stuff. To be honest, it could also be a delivery of Ben Platt. Like maybe he delivered it in the wrong way. Um, right. Right. I don't like I I've never seen anyone else do it to know how that line hits right in other iterations of this show. Um, what I will say, Michael Arden's direction shining was the trial scenes. Those were sure. so good. Also, shout out, not nominated. I don't even think he was on our like long list, but like Paul Alexander Nolan. Right. My God, what a voice! And also, like he stole the courtroom scenes. He's playing like the district attorney. Wow. Also Canadian. Wow. Shout out. Also Canadian. Absolutely. I mean, the original... Oh, I don't, why can't I remember his name? Um, the original Leo Frank is also Canadian. Brent Carver. Sorry. Yes. Also Canadian. Um, who... He passed away a few years ago, if I remember. Just a correction. Sorry. It wasn't on Encores, but it was a gala concert presentation at New York City Center um, with a benefit in November 1st. Oh, really? Like, in, no- in November 2022. So it wasn't Encores, but it was at New York City Center. Right. Okay. But again, I I think the same still applies. You are stuck. Not stuck is not the right word, but you are committed to honoring the book and the uh, score as Mm -hmm. written versus if it was, let's say, a revival, um, 
where you can kind of play around with it. I don't know. Was I have a question. Was Jason Robert Brown conducting when you were there? Or was it no. something else? No. I sometimes wish. he does. Sometimes he does. I know. I was looking, but it wasn't him. Okay. Um, I will say the the cast is huge. Like one of the biggest casts that I saw this past weekend, minus like New York, New York, that's probably about the same size cast, especially compared to like the night before I saw Kimberly Kimmo, which is a cast of like eight. There's wow. four kids. Four kids, Kimberly, Seth, mom, dad, Bonnie, nine. Um, So that's it. And this is like 30. I don't even know. But when they sing together, rich. Sure. Sure. And also the band, rich. Are they on stage? Is the band on stage? No, they're in the pit. Oh, and they're in the pit. Yeah. But the actors actually stay on stage for the entirety of the show. Because if you've seen the pictures. They're a jury. It's a jury of your peers. Exactly. Got it. Got Another it. thing I, I... I see you, Michael Arden. I see you. <laughs> well, I see you, Michael Arden, but now I also don't see you, Michael Arden, because um, there was projections of every single time a new character was introduced. So, for example, when, like, pa- Paul Alexander Nolan comes on as, like, the district attorney, they would project the real photo of the real guy and I was like, oh, this no. PowerPoint presentation like that. that you're giving us right now. Um, <laughs> but then my friend Alex like told me that she was sitting next to someone when she saw it, who was at like the first preview on Broadway. And when mm-hmm. they saw it, it was like Michaela Diamond's photo. And next to it said like Lucille Frank. I'm like, what are we doing here? This We can okay, all read the playbill. <laughs> both of those are bad, in my opinion. Both so, of, we don't need either of those. Sorry, Michael Arden, but that's a bad move. Everything else, nailed it. So interesting. So yeah. interesting. Something that I kind of liked about Parade, like in the cast recording. So I feel like I like, should have been holding these up as I went. Yeah, where where are these? Let's show <laughs> us show us Ben's face. This Ben Platt, Michaela Diamond. It always play interesting bill. when they have when they've got a photograph of the actors' faces on the playbill. Always interesting when they do that. Because they're um, selling this cast. That's really all they're doing absolutely. here. And the talent is there. Um, well. we'll talk about them later. But um the vocals are there. Um Something that I kind of liked about the Parade Cast recording is you get kind of um, different perspectives based on who's telling the story. Tell me if like you found this when you were watching it. Sometimes when a certain person was singing a song, you know, they would have a different perspective on the trial and the case. And you're kind of seeing what could have led people to believe certain things about it. And I think like... That's clever storytelling. I don't know. Did that come across? Yes. Um. Again, the trial scenes, like, such a standout. Every single time someone new came to the stand, you were given a new perspective. And as they were telling the story, Ben, well, Leo right. was acting out their version of their that perspective. story. Sure, yes. sure. Um, so that was definitely interesting. There's a song in the trial. It's sung by three girls that work at the pencil factory gorgeous i was like these vocals that these like three like teenage girls are serving right now the one i always remember that i always loved is um that's what she said is that what i'm thinking of that's what he said how does it go yeah i'm not singing here for us but the factory girls it's like oh is it the it's it's, it's sung by jim conley so that's not what you're thinking of is it factory girls come up to my office yes is it that one yes 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 that's great right like that's like painting Leo Frank in one way. It, they, then... They're literally just like speaking. So they were all told, allegedly, again, by the like district attorney to say like, he he spoke to me like his eyes got big, my face turned red. Like they're all singing mm-hmm. the exact same line. 
And it wasn't mm-hmm. until like the governor goes to speak to them and they were like, oh, we were told to say this or we right. wouldn't. It's the same thing with like the um, black characters that are in this show. Like they were told to say this or they would be killed. So right. it's just like, and also this is going to be like a bold statement of me, but I feel like I can say it because like I'm a Jewish person, but like the anti-Semitism was very minimal and I feel okay. like there was much more in real life. And I don't know if they did that on purpose for this production or if, again, it was the way that it was written in the... If it's always like this. Yeah. Because, like, for the protests that went on, for, like, how much the cast has spoken about it, like, they really do not, like, go after these characters a lot in that sense, like, at all. Mostly more in Act 2 than in Act 1 because at intermission... My brothers were like, I don't understand. Like, we we barely know that this guy is Jewish, which I thought was the entire plot line of the right. And that's the why tra- they were descri- the that's why they were uh, uh, targeting him or framing him because they say Jewish. it like one time. It's Kelly Barrett's character, Shadow Kelly Barrett. Welcome back to yeah. Broadway. We're, um, we're always like, like Kelly Barrett needs a vehicle. She needs a vehicle. <laughs> um, but she says it like one time, and I was like, oh, this is the only indication okay. that we know that he's a Jewish man. So I that was interesting to me for like all of the media attention that's been around. Right, this. right, right. Um, so interesting. So yeah, a lot, a lot there. But yeah, we'll talk about performances in a bit. I feel like we skipped over Revival. Should we go back? We did. So we need to pick a Best Director winner. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, can you read them for me again? I don't have them highlighted. Okay. Parade? Just the shows. So, Kimberly Akimbo. Yeah. Some Like It Hot. Yeah. Shucked. Yeah. Into the Woods. Parade. (sighs) This is hard. Sorry, this is hard. Hmm. I do think Michael Arden has the edge here. You think Michael Arden has the edge. Okay. But my close second is Jessica Stone for Kimberly Akimbo. Okay. I... But I could also see them giving it to Into the Woods. Yeah. Remember in January or February, whenever that episode was released, you're like, they're going to forget about Into the Woods. And here we are... They didn't Six forget. Tony nominations later. <laughs> they forgot about somebody, but they well, didn't they forgot forget about the show. <laughs> yeah. They forgot about someone, but they, they also didn't forgot about, about my winner of the Best Featured Actor category. <laughs> they forgot about Gavin Creel? <laughs> but they didn't forget about the show. Yeah, they forgot about Gavin Creel. Girl. <laughs> Look, Girl, I no. went wrong there, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> you went wrong there. Okay, Um, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Kimberly Akimbo again. Mm-hmm. A double up, Double up. Double up, best musical, best musical. Also, we should now, because we're going to go to Revival, but to just go back to the new shows for a second, we should pay respects to our fallen soldiers, A Beautiful Noise and Bad Cinderella for zero nominations. Actually, a shout out to the Bad Cinderella Twitter page. (laughs) 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 Also, while we're here, we're paying our respects to 1776 and Danton. Why did they include 1776? Maybe because they're not on right now. Yeah, they're closed. They're they're they don't have plans. Um, they they tweeted. I got I got to pull it up because up. it's worthy. Um, they tweeted. So at Dance and Broadway at Beautiful Noise, what are you doing June eleventh? Brunch with a gif of like Betty White like cheersing a giant wine glass. You, you know, know what? what? Comedy. Who is the social media manager? It better I be the know. same person that did Diana because they're one in the same. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, Revival. Revival. So, there were six Revivals um, in this season, and the nominated Revivals are Into the Woods, Parade, 
mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd, and Camelot. Well, we haven't said the word Sweeney Todd yet tonight. No, we haven't, but we'll get there in the acting categories. Yeah. Um, I chose Into the Woods in February. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I don't think it's going to be Parade, and I don't think it's going to be Camelot. I think we are Sondheim versus Sondheim here. Depending on the voters, did they like Annalie Ashford or did they not? Because right. that's who's winning this. <laughs> right. Um, Ooh, I still think Into the Woods. I think there's like the a little bit of mixed reviews on Sweeney where there was like not a single bad review for Into the Woods. I know. Okay, to be contrarian, I'm going to say Sweeney. Okay, great. Because why I'm saying this is that I always want to give the advantage to the show that's currently running. Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes sense. You know, so... Also, I will say... That's my thought process. We tried to get Sweeney tickets. We even went, because I read that they were doing standing room um, for $40. They did not have by the time that we got there. Um, But I did hear two people buy cancellation tickets. Like, it was nothing for $299 a ticket. So, shout out for that full price. Sometimes um, you gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Not with this exchange rate. (laughs) Dang. Okay. Um, Should we do score? And then we'll move to acting? Let's do score. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm rearranging my my paperwork. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, this is on my lower pages, so we're going to do score. This is a wild category, everybody. (laughs) Um, I would just like to say in February, I'm pretty sure. Do we have the same nominations of Kimberly Akimbo, Shucked, New York, New York, and Some Like It Hot? Yes. Okay. Read us what actually happened. The nominees for Best Original Score are Tom Kitt for Almost Famous, Janine Tesori and David Lindsay Abair for Kimberly Akimbo, Helen Park and Max Vernon for K-Pop, Shaman and Whitman for Some Like It Hot, and Brandi Clark and Shane McNally for Shucked. Now, between February and literally three days ago, we learned that New York, New York was not eligible for best score because 50% of the score has to be original and it was yes sure this makes sense crosses this checks out but but never in my wildest dreams did i think that almost famous was going to get a tony nomination this year (laughs) look everyone loves tom kit (laughs) can i ask you one question actually about new york new york while we're while we're like briefly talking about their score um reviews i've read say that i don't want to be crass but like basically the they keep playing the opening notes of New York, New York, but then they don't give you the song until the finale. It happens one time. It happens in the opening number. They said, people kept saying they kept being like, ba, 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 like throughout the whole show, but no. not giving you the song. Okay, interesting. Um, I, heard, I heard it one time. You heard it one time? Okay. And people were like, we're getting like... Um, I will say like you do have to wait two and a half hours to hear that song. <laughs> New York, New York. Every this is bad, but every time I see they're like, oh, New York, New York. I'm like, I'm thinking of it from on the town. I'm like, New York, New York, which is a different song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a different song, but it's what I think of. Um, um, okay, interesting. Okay, yes, score. Talk about the almost famous score as a show you saw. I. Like one song. Actually, that's not true. This cast recording came out like last week, like for real, for real, because they were only um, releasing a couple songs like at a time for some reason, even though the show closed in December. Yeah. Um, let me just pull up the cast recording because 
I don't remember any names. I'm a big fan. I've talked about it before. I'm a big fan of the song No Friends. Yeah. Um, big fan. Um, I really like Everybody's Coming Together, which everyone is like, that's sure. such a basic, simple song. I'm like, that's exactly what this show is. Basic and simple. So get over it. Um, I like the song. Hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out what it is. I think it's It Ain't Easy. I think it's the okay. act to opener, but I can't be caught. It ain't easy. Is that what that is? I think that's it. Then that's not the one. I don't know what song it is, but it's the opener of Act Two, if anyone knows what that song is called. Um, shout out to Casey Likes, who's leading in Back to the Future as Marty McFly. We're ready and, for him. Um, I called that one, so that's really You did. You did really call me. that. Um, but I'm happy that he gets a chance to not revive himself, but like, this was rough. I we'll don't know. S- I mean, we'll see about Back to the Future, to be honest. Yeah. Because I'm, I think it could be great. I also think it could be terrible. So. Yeah. The DeLorean, though. <laughs> the DeLorean. I know. I know. But, um, but yeah, this Tom Kitt score is very guitar heavy, um, sure. obviously, because it's like a rock band. Um, I have talked about in the past that there was three songs written for the mother character, um, which That's is too many. three too many. She maybe needed half a song. I think the opening number is very weak in this show, which kind of like sets you up for the trajectory. And I think I have also mentioned that the best... Um, part of the show is the bows when they sing Fever Dog, which is a song that was pre-existing in the movie. So that really doesn't give you much about Tom Kitt's almost famous score. But I can't believe it was nominated. Like, I'm shocked. Well, I guess we're kind of limited because in terms of original musicals... Um, Excuse me, what about Bad Cinderella? (laughs) The other original musical that exists is Bad Cinderella. (laughs) And then beyond that, you're, you're looking at a play. So, I really thought they. I thought that they would put a play in there. I. They always they surprise us with a play. With a play, but no, they're like no Angela Weber and no plays, no like yes. a pie or whatever. Um, very exciting nomination for K-pop. I believe this is a historic nomination for K-pop. Um, and I think it's like the, two two closed shows here nominated for a Tony Award. Like crazy. So true. It's and so not true. even shows that like lived out their runs. Like they both closed early. I don't know. Two, two flops. Two flops. Not, not limited runs. Flops. No. Um, um, and then Kimberly Kimbo, as I said earlier, like this is a score that works so, so well in the context of the show. But I do think it's like a little bit of a harder listen um, outside of the context. And then Shucked. 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 Shucked is that your is winner? Good. I know I, I don't know I still want to give it to like Janine because it's Janine but okay. like the songs in Shucked are standalones um but you can listen to that and like you don't need any context the songs are like bangers um right. everyone in that cast is like stupid talented but I this was also like exciting for me because so much of this is new that I I refrained from listening to Kimberly Kimbo because I knew that I was gonna see it but the Shucked score slaps wow it's so good remember when i was like again shucked and didn't want to see it yes i do remember i was i was the shucked champion of this podcast i Um, will say though when i told people today at work the shows that i saw the only ones that people knew was shucked i'm like marketing working that is working have you seen the tv show songland i have not but i know what it is okay so i've seen i think most episodes of songland and it has 
um, Ryan Tedder, Esther Dean, and Shane McNally, who wrote the score to What was that show Shot. that was here? Oh, what was it called? Because I think it's like the same concept. If it's I... quite... So it's somewhat similar. Okay. It's somewhat similar, but different. Like, so the show that was in the Canada... The launch. The launch. The launch. Okay. The show that was in Canada was they would come on audition to be able to sing a song that was already written. So they'd bring in one songwriter. I only say that because, like, Ryan Tedder was in many episodes of that, too. He was in many episodes. So they would bring in, like, a songwriter, and they would bring in a song, and then multiple, like, up-and-coming artists in Canada would audition to interpret that song. Um, And then um, the winner would release it as a single. Mm -hmm. Whereas this show, Songland, basically um, they would bring in, they'd have the three songwriters who were Esther Dean, Ryan Tedder, Shane McNally. And then they'd bring in an artist every week. One time it was Ben Platt, if I recall. But they have a new artist every week. And then four. Nick Jonas did an episode. Probably. Like maybe the Jonas Brothers did it. Um, I can't remember. But. Four four up and coming songwriters would come in and pitch songs to hmm. this artist, um, and uh, then they would pick three, and then it would each work with one of the songwriters, and then they would play the songs. Then the the artist would pick the song and then record the song, whatever. Um, but that was my familiarity with Shane McNally. I promise this has a point. I had no um, idea that was who my he was. <laughs> Um, that's, I didn't know who he was. He was the country one. I knew who Esther Dean were and I knew who Ryan Tedder was, but I didn't know who Shane McNally was. And every time I was like, oh, this guy has a good ear. Honestly, if I had to rank my favorite, uh, famous songwriters, I would go Esther Dean was top. Every lyric she wrote, banger. Then I'd go Shane McNally and then Ryan Tedder at the bottom. Sorry to him. Like, no. Um, (laughs) but I was like, this guy's got an ear. This guy has the ideas. This guy has lyrics. He has bars. Like, Mm -hmm. so that was my familiar. And then I was like, he's writing? Um, he wrote a musical about corn about corn (laughs) about corn yeah Um, but apparently it's great and as you said (laughs) i will say though i do think that like kimberly akimbo still has a bit of the edge here because that score is so like complex musically okay which i think is where janine shines is in the complexity of her music like every note feels so intentional whereas like shucked feels like hit country song after hit country song. Right, right. Sure. Absolutely. Which is great because that's the tone of the show. So the third kind of actual contender here is Some Like It Hot. Yes. How are we feeling about that? Well, we have heard that this is Shaman of Women's best work since Hairspray and that's a big like claim to put out there. Um, yeah. we, I only know Let's Be Bad. I have not heard a single other song. Absolutely. Which, which slaps. Which is a banger. Um, but I would say of all of these, this is a very interesting score because everything is very different. They all sound so different from each other. If New York, New York was eligible, I think it would have given Some Like It Hot maybe a run for their money because it's kind of the right. same. Like, those are the only yes. two shows that have the same tone. But, like, Almost Famous, totally different tone. Kimberly Kimbo, like, storytelling music. Shucked, country pop songs. Um, and then K-pop is k-pop so like it's very it's a very like diverse category in that sense which is kind of exciting yeah i think shaman and whitman writing the some like it hot score i think is a place for people to recognize let's say like traditional musical theater Mm -hmm. um and it can maybe be seen as somewhat the safe choice in this category it's i would say it's probably the like dark horse of this category i'm picking some like it hot Wow. <laughs> and for that, 
Wow. You know, I feel like I feel like the, as a whole, people will love Kimberly Akimbo, like as a piece. And I think for me, it's probably going to win Best Book. I think Kimberly Akimbo is going to win Best Book of a Musical. And in, I think it's in my opinion, movie. there's no contest no, on no Best contest. Book of a Musical. And also, I'm so sorry to whoever wrote New York, New York, but like, how was that nominated? Worst Book of a Musical. <laughs> It's so messy. There's so many storylines. Like, it's so messy. It's based on a movie. It's based on a movie. Work so, but on I it. think I think I think this may be a place to like spread the love a little bit. So that's why I'm not going Kimberly Akimbo. Oh, I meant to Oh no, where did I put it? Bring it up. Where Show us it? that shocked playbill. No, not shocked. I gotta get my Kimberly Akimbo. Stand by everybody. This is my my winner is Kimberly Akimbo. Also Look at that. Do you know why it's akimbo? I know it has a meaning, but I don't necessarily know what the meaning of akimbo is. So her name is Kimberly Lavaco, and Seth okay. Wiedis, played by Justin Cooley, his character is obsessed with making anagrams, and Kimberly Akimbo becomes, or sorry, Kimberly Lavaco becomes cleverly akimbo. So that's oh, wow. why it's Kimberly Akimbo. There's Aww. a beautiful song where he makes anag- the anagram of her name. It's very sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. That's yeah. cute. So that's that. And then the shucked. It's just corn. <laughs> it's corn. It's just corn. I didn't get an I got shucked button and I'm really upset about it. They didn't have them. That's sad. That's sad. And that's where we will leave you with part one of our 2023 Tony nominations. Tune in next week to hear all about the acting categories and, of course, our obsession of the week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.